of the Nothing But Nets podcast. I'm your host, Dave Early with Clutch Points. Joining me as always, Greg Dennis. Greg, how are you doing? Doing good, Dave. Exciting times. Glad to be here with you. Is it exciting? <laughs> um, yeah, maybe exciting is not the right word. Um, strange <laughs> times, depressing times. Take your pick. Yeah, yeah. Strange, depressing. Um, I thought what was depressing most recently was Adam Silver's quotes about basically just making it sound like this is not something COVID, this is not something we expect to go away. It's more endemic. So we're going to get used to this new normal and, and plow through uh, talking about mm-hmm. like, you know, basically we, we've run the logic, we've, we've done, we've put all of the numbers and stats and predictions and forecasts into our Parcheesi calculus algorithm. And what we've decided is it doesn't make tons of sense to, to put things on pause or try another bubble or what, or what have you. So, you know, what's your take when you hear him basically say stuff like that? Yeah. You know, I think, I think we touched on the last pod that it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be shocking if there was some shift in attitude or protocols just based on like how many players were um getting cases and like you know what what would the what would the mindset be would it it never really felt as if there was any momentum towards doing another bubble situation or stopping play so you know at that point i think um you know the 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 next thing was to sort of just change how they're looking at it, which is a lot of guys are vaccinated, boosted, and don't have symptoms. So when you take all of those things together, it's kind of like, okay, well, where does that leave us? You know, and I I think that's kind of what Adam Silver is getting at. Yeah. So let me just, in case you're listening and you don't know exactly what we're talking about yet, let me read you a quote real quick. Uh, I got this per Chris Mannix of SI. As we look through cases literally ripping through the country, let alone the rest of the world, I think we're finding ourselves where we sort of knew we were going to get to over the past several months, and that is the virus will not be eradicated, and we're going to learn have to learn how to live with it. I think that's what we're experiencing in the league right now. Um, I, I turn to Nets Daily, SB Nation, for, for some feedback about that. And they talked about how about 65% of the players have gotten the third shot, which um, then highlighted an article by Mike Vorkunov of The Athletic talking about how the, the language, and this is to your point, the language was just vague enough where Adam Silver opened the door to potentially expediting a return if you've tested positive. So rather than stepping up protocols and although in some ways they probably are doing this especially with postponements but if you're testing positive and you're asymptomatic they would consider making it even easier for you to return to the court essentially playing with COVID-19 I think um, although someone might correct me if I'm wrong the way that Nets Daily put it was he also hinted the league might allow players who return a positive test but are asymptomatic to play earlier than the current 10-day prohibition so what do you think about that? Would that be a response to accepting this is endemic 
and saying, if you've, if you've got it, a lot of people are going to get it, but it doesn't have to be this forced 10 day to 14 day thing. Um, maybe you're just, maybe you just have it, but you're triple boosted or whatever you're fine and you can play. Yeah. You know, there's two things. Um, I think, I think that that's a, a pretty reasonable response in a lot of ways. If, if someone's asymptomatic and um, they're trip, they're boosted, then maybe you say, okay, they can play. The issue becomes um, these guys have families. In some cases, they probably have family members they live with that are unvaccinated. Um, so you're exposing them to the virus. You're basically conceding that a lot of them are going to get it. And then they're going to spread it in turn to whoever they're around. So even if it doesn't pose a clear and present danger to the players, um, the, the flip side of that coin is, you know, you are propagating the spread of it in theory. That said, I mean, that's no different than the rest of society at this point, you know, and so we're trying to fit, we're trying to navigate our way around it. And there's just no easy answers. I mean, you look at what the NFL is doing, they're essentially already doing what the NBA is hinting that they may move towards, which is basically leaving a lot of this up to the players, probably knowing that the players are going to play um, so that they don't have to move too many games around and don't have guys out um, in an effort to not stall the season. So, yeah, it, it's, it's tough no matter how you slice it. Yeah, and there's definitely differences within the league. For one, football is an outdoor sport, which theoretically is safer. Um, and like you said, the players in football are definitely going to want to play because much more of them do not have the same type of job security that NBA players do. In the NBA, you have a small handful of players who have a ton of influence Um People wonder, does Kyrie Irving have a, having a place and a voice with the Players Association? Does that impact the Nets' decision to pay him for road games that he hasn't appeared in when the team made the decision not to entertain part-time players? So huge voice for players with a lot of guaranteed money uh, and might have the luxury to say, I, I really don't feel like this is safe for me and my family. Maybe I got vaccinated, but so-and-so in my family, my children are a certain age. They're not, I don't want to play basketball indoors without a mask. You know, there, there exists a world in what you just described where these professional leagues then become sort of societal liabilities where it's like, yeah, you can talk about how they're 97% vaccinated, but they're still hosting these tens of thousands of people, nightly events, all indoors and are knowingly spreading the virus amongst these vaccinated people who are then spreading it in turn to others. And maybe the breakthrough rates and the hospitalization rates are better with vaccines, but maybe they're not still ideal or where we would like them. And then there are the people who are not vaccinated or um, of a certain age where they're not boosted, et cetera, et cetera. So completely sort of wild times, uh, unprecedented times, you, you get the sense the league wants to put their pedal to the metal and continue because it's a money machine. They're, they're not going to go to a bubble, even if you and I might agree in theory, that would be the best solution again. But Yeah, I mean, the, the, the complicating factor is just what you said. It's the spread. You know, it's like 
if if uh, if you took a hundred a hundred guys who play basketball and you did an MRI on their back, you know maybe maybe half of them would show uh, a slip disc. But if they didn't have symptoms, you'd say, well, what's the logic of really not of not playing, right? And I, and mm-hmm. I think this is similar in that you know you're testing all of them, and a lot of them. Are, are positives, but have no symptoms. And, you know, maybe, maybe it's similar to what you see with, with what I mentioned with an MRI in the back. The problem is, is that this is just so new. We don't know yet. So, you know, that's my uh, amateur take. And uh, I hope, uh, I hope that soon we're, we're talking more about the nets um, and the, uh, the James Ennis signing, which I'm sure you have thoughts on. Yeah, I was actually thinking we devote the next 20 minutes to some of these hardship exceptions. James Ennis, Shaq Harrison, Langston Galloway. Just kidding. Um, we, <laughs> we haven't even done a pod yet on Kyrie's return, so I guess that's the next most logical place to go as a transcendent league-wide bombshell news story. Back in middle October, Joe Sy, Governor, Clara Usai, Sean Marks, Steve Nash, uh, as Woj reported, Kevin Durant and James Harden would be part of that, although I think to a degree KD himself has downplayed that and said, I'm not mad. What's there to be mad about? Basically, Kyrie made his decision and the team made theirs. But we can read between the lines and say, oh, yeah, you better believe Kevin Durant was consulted in the decision to not allow Kyrie to be a part-time player back in October. You don't really do anything without consulting KD if you're the Nets because he's KD. Um, And so we can then infer that KD was consulted again. And this is something that Sean Marks has has said definitively, 100% we collaborated and everyone's on board with the decision to let Irving back. Um, So do you have have any initial thoughts there? Like for, for one, how surprised were you at the decision that the team changed their mind? Did the timing of it interest you? It's almost counterintuitive in some ways in that, they have this outbreak. Now they've got 10 players in health and safety protocols returning positive tests. And they're saying, hey, Kyrie, we need you now that we're shorthanded because of COVID. You, of all people who's not vaccinated, can help us manage the workload and the minutes load here. What was your initial reactions? Yeah, the irony was not lost on me, Dave. Uh, it was, it was, um, pretty surreal, uh, following the story in real time as it unfolded. And then of course, um, concluding with, with Kyrie, uh, getting COVID himself, uh, within 24 hours. <laughs> it was, just, it was like um, the least surprising element of it all. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But no, I mean, you know, we, we kind of, uh, walked through like h- how this might come to be. and. You know, I think I think we felt like this was probably the most likely scenario, which is um, the Nets sort of um, bend a little bit. And I think that the circumstances allowed for them to sort of walk back the stance they took earlier in the year and feel like, you know, they, as I said, times have changed. Right. And there's a lot that goes into that for one team is really shorthanded for another, you know, KD's minutes and a lot of these guys, they were over relying on them and they were playing too much. 37 and, minutes per uh, game is most since like 
2013. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think they probably just took a step back and were like, you know, this season is so weird as it is like, what are we really doing here? We're paying this guy not to play. He would instantly make our team better. We get him for half the game. More than better. And all more than better. And all our vaccinated players are dropping like flies anyway. So, um, you know, when you, when you put it all together, I, I can see where, um, and that's before, you know, KD and then Harden and whoever else probably uh, let them know how they felt about it. So, I, I I think that they were well within their rights to reverse course. And uh, as a basketball fan, I'm, I'm excited to see Kyrie play if and when it all comes together. Kyrie's a showstopper. I'll give you, I'll give the listeners a little bit of context and background to fill in some of what Greg just talked about. Um, back in October, Joe Sy spoke and he basically said, um, obviously Kyrie has his own beliefs. This is a quote. So I respect that, but we have to make a team decision. This is not a decision about him. This is a decision about where we go as a team. And it is just not tenable for us to have a team with a player that comes in and out, no home games, only away games. What do you do in practice then this week? We have a whole stretch of six home games, so we won't have Kyrie. So it becomes pretty, it became pretty clear to us. We we're very much aligned among myself, Sean, that's Marks, the coaching staff. This has to be a decision, especially since we're a team with pretty lofty aspirations. We don't see any other way of running this team. Uh, and now it's a stark contrast from what he's saying today, uh, recently to Brian Lewis, New York Post. We believe that the addition of Kari will not only make us, oh no, this is from the team's press release. Um, we believe that the addition of Kari will not only make us a better team, but allow us to more optimally balance the physical demand on the entire roster. And he talked about how winning is a religion, Joe Sy, that is. Both Sean Marks and Steve Nash, when they talked about it, pointed to we originally made this decision with continuity of our lineups in mind, and we don't have that anyway. So without that, it makes sense to say, let's scrap this and just bring him on because we could really use the bodies. Someone asked him, I think it was Greg Logan of the Post, is this a permanent thing? Is he going to be here for the playoffs or is this just to deal with the interim of, of your crunch for, for numbers? Uh, and Mark's, I thought interestingly answered it diplomatically and, and basically said, um, we'll visit that down the road for now. We're just trying to make, we, we can't see one week, two weeks out. So we're just trying to get him on board and we'll navigate everything else moving forward. So he didn't, close the door on them changing course yet again. Whereas I, I have a hard time imagining they would say, let's, let's get Kyrie out of here. But I guess, I guess that opens up the possibility that they could change their mind at one point. Um, certainly wouldn't bet on that, but maybe they're keeping open. Yeah. I'd be really surprised. I'd be really flagging. surprised if they, uh, it's possible. I, I mean, I guess anything's possible this year, but I'd be really surprised if they then uh, had to tell, you know, tell, tell Duran and Harden. Um, yeah. Sorry. We're, we're, we're taking Kyrie off the team, you know, after they <laughs> now we do have to, continuity. To whatever. 
<laughs> right. We got right. our continuity yeah. back. He's out of here. We're going back to our principled stance, no part-time players. And KD would be like, come on. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's hard to see. Um, so you know, it 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 it's uh it makes sense. I mean, there's part of me that feels like um they were hoping that Tyree would bend and then Tyree kind of called their bluff and was like, Yeah, I'm I'm not coming back. Like I'm not doing you know, I'm sticking by this. And the Nets kind of looked around and were like all right, we're going to blink first, you know, because uh, we have seven guys on the team. And at the end of the day, uh, we still are trying to win the championship. And I also think the other part of it is even without Kyrie, I think the Nets probably viewed themselves as, if not the favorites, um, probably the co-favorites with a couple other teams. And the truth is, you know, they just haven't looked as good as I think we all thought they would, even without Kyrie. I don't think anyone is scared of this version of the Nets. A lot of that is because Harden hasn't been who we've, we, you know, who he's been in years past. And, you know, I think we'd be naive to think that if the Nets were rolling along, looking like uh, the best team in the East, that they would have made the same decision. It's it's fair to wonder how much that's a part of this as well. Yeah, I think if you and I were running the Nets and we had made that part time no part time players decision, I think we would really want to change our minds because we would want to win the championship. We know Kyrie gives us the best chance to do that, and so then the question is about optics. Like, what reason are you going to give for changing your mind? How are you going to walk? that back without compromising organizational principles and, and stomach, whatever blowback comes your way there. You know, there's been some blowback. Um, People have been certainly critical. I've seen some Nets fans and Nets blogs being critical of the Nets saying this is not the right decision, but it's probably not as much as you would have expected or as, as I would have expected. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, there's definitely been, there's definitely been people, but, um, you know, I think, I think part of it is, is there's been so many breakthrough cases that, um, you know, maybe it's caused people to, to just look at it and say, well, you know, there, there, maybe there's just a lot we don't know. Um, or we're learning, we're learning a lot. And so, um, I, I saw some criticisms, obviously, most notably Stephen A., who's been a big detractor of Kyrie's. He's yeah. he's been uh, pretty pretty um, emphatic about how he feels as usual. I believe he said. Uh, I saw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So, so you know, there is that side of it, but um, I I personally don't don't blame the Nets for it. And, you know, they have a real chance to win a championship, and I think they owe it to the guys on their team to try. Yeah, I think if you – I think that's how a lot of Nets fans have felt. Um, Basically, this is a long and suffering fan base. We have a real chance to win it with Kyrie just suiting up for road games. Andre Iguodala had the reaction of, like, they don't even want home court now. They'd rather that two or three seed so they could visit you and have Kyrie. Um, 
And it's funny because it's true or it's true and it's funny. So, you know, they, they, I think they play the Milwaukee Bucks in mid-March and I'm thinking, is it possible that both teams could want to lose that game and punt home court advantage? How weird would that be? <laughs> All because of Kyrie. <laughs> Yeah, it'll add some drama. You know, I mean, there's always the storyline of the team that's up 3-2 at home, not wanting to go back on the road for game seven and how how important that game is. And now, you know, it it might be the opposite. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you mentioned James Harden not looking like James Harden of old. It it would really lower the bar for the threshold we think he needs to reach for them to win a championship with Kyrie back in the fold. It might even take away some of his, you know, point guard duties. He's certainly taking on more of a facilitator role than he did in Houston. And with Kyrie in the fold, maybe he wouldn't have to. Kyrie can just get his own points and the way they could divvy up those minutes and games, they could all be more fresh. Yeah. I think, I think all of these things were, probably considerations when they when they ultimately made their decision either that or KD just came in and said look Kyrie's Kyrie's back uh thanks for thanks for your time (laughs) yeah (laughs) I um when I when I first heard the story about um Kyrie Irving testing positive one of my editors suggested I write this you know we we sort of lobby like what would be a good take here one of my editors suggested you could say something like obviously if you believe this this Kyrie testing positive proves it was a big mistake all along to bring him back to let him play and i i paused that and i wondered is that something that people are taking away from this cuz i hadn't i hadn't quite had that takeaway i thought well, I mean, there's 10 players before Kyrie even arrived who are all out in health and safety protocol. So it might be more in line with what the Nets are thinking that he's not going to introduce this dramatic change in exposure levels because he's unvaccinated. We already are facing a complete exposure level um, where Kevin Durant was allowed to play in that Raptors game and was allowed to play in that uh, 76ers game, even after like six, seven of his teammates were on the shelf and then he tested positive. So even when a guy is returning negative tests, if their teammates are exposed, uh, you start to think like, well, maybe it's just a matter of time until they're going to test positive as well. And sure enough, a few of the 76ers now are testing positive. Andre Drummond, Shake Milton, the newest is Danny Green, and they played the Nets those nights. So it just feels like you can't limit your exposure if you're going to play indoor team sports without masks these days. Yeah, no, totally agree. Um, you know, I'm sure these guys, when they, when they see a tweet about so-and-so has it and they're looking back like, okay, I, we played them then, or this team played them and now we're playing them. So, you know, you can connect the dots forever. Yeah, I think I made a joke in the last pot. I was like, if I were Fred Van Vliet, I wouldn't want to be guarding Kevin Durant that night. I mean, for other reasons too, but just knowing that like seven of the teammates he was just hanging out with are now in protocol. Um, mm-hmm. You might think mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time till he is now too. So then we turn our attention to could Kyrie become a full-time player? Sean Marks was asked about him getting the vaccine and shockingly said 
we haven't talked about vaccination. I didn't feel it was being appropriate to talk about it this time. We talked about forming friendships and bonds and whatnot, but we'll navigate those waters moving forward. Do you believe that? Do you think they really didn't talk about Kyrie getting vaccinated recently? Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, like we all have a friend or a family member that, you know, for whatever reason, the vaccine has been a point of contention where you get to a certain point and it's just like, okay, let's just like, let's just like talk about something else for a while. (laughs) And, And I imagine they've had a lot of conversations with Kyrie about it and they just sort of feel like, all right, this feels like it's come to a head. Let's, let's talk about something else. You know, maybe we'll revisit it down the road. Maybe we won't, but right now, you know, let's, uh, let, let's, um, shift gears a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, um, also the possibilities that we've discussed in the past of an alternative type of vaccine that might appeal to Irving. If there were to be a plant-based vaccine, um, that, that would take at least several months, but it's possible it could come before the playoffs and maybe Irving would be open to that. There is still the possibility that the new mayor could offer some type of tweak over the coming months or make some sort of personal uh, exemption. Although you'd think there would be a lot of workers in New York City who would say, whoa, 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 why do these, you know, why do these mega millionaires get these same exceptions that we do not get just because people want to watch them on TV? Um, Do you think that there could be any change coming or, or Irving just changes his mind? Um, no, I think both of those are, I think it's very unlikely this season, uh, especially now that, you know, there is, there is the opportunity for him to play without getting vaccinated, which, you know, ultimately that that's what he wanted and he's getting it. No, it's not full time, but it's, um, a lot more, you know, it's a lot more than it was, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And adding to that, I don't know why the mandates would change given that, um, you know, the virus seems to be in full throttle as um, more prolific than it's ever been. So <laughs> I don't expect either of those things to change. I think I think we're going to see Kyrie part-time player on the road the rest of the season. We, um, we a week ago, we talked about how Steve Nash was asked about renewed optimism for a Kyrie Irving return and basically said, I haven't heard anything. But then um, we talked a little bit about how Kevin Durant said, I'll keep it. I'll keep that stuff in house and how he didn't shoot down the idea. Now, in hindsight, we, we were right to sniff out if you wanted to take a little victory lap. We were right to sniff out that Kevin Durant's not shooting down the, the reports of renewed optimism um, turned out to be pr- a pretty important story. And the other takeaway you can have is when a player posts their own shoes on Instagram, it might actually be news because Kyrie posted his, his shoes and a couple days later he was, uh, he was in, being brought back. Yeah, you know, as, as a follower of Kyrie Instagram's uh, as a follower of Kyrie's uh, social media, I've learned not to try and interpret his messages. <laughs> but uh, with that said, I think you're right. I think that that was that was a pretty straightforward hint. And um, you know, in hindsight, it's it's pretty clear that this has been in the works for a while, one way or another. Do you think we should have on as a guest someone who's a little more well versed in 
indigenous people symbolism or <laughs> aliens <laughs> Some yeah of i mean we, we might we might have known this was coming a long time ago it's possible he you know he just spelled it out like i'll see you on january 8th <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you, if you can read uh, hieroglyphics and, <laughs> you know translate <laughs> all right so now the next question on everyone's mind is will kevin durant pass enough negative tests to face LeBron James on Christmas Day. You, any thoughts on that? Do you uh, do you really care? The Nets have just had their third game postponed. Some people are saying it's a big market bias, like other teams would have to have been forced to play with their hardship exemptions, exemptions but the Nets are getting every opportunity to get back out there and, and limit their exposure until Christmas Day because there's a massive ad dollars being funneled into LeBron versus KD's first game in three years. Yeah, I'd love to see KD back, of course. But, you know, I mean, neither team's going to be at full strength. Uh, obviously, Anthony Davis is, is out for a while. There'll be other players. And who, who knows who will be out in protocols by then. So it's not like we're going to get Nets versus Lakers the way we want it, regardless. Um but yeah, it'd be fun. I mean, it'd be fun to see this CKD. It'll, it'll add a little something to Christmas. It's it's an 8 p.m. game, so we'll all be you know tired and done with our presents by then. It'd be fun to turn on a game and see LeBron and KD out there. Now we'll do we'll do this in depth, maybe in the next one or the next next one. But initial impressions. It'll be fun to look back on what we thought. Initial impressions in terms of Kyrie Irving his return as a part-time player. Does this signal to you that he will not be traded? Um, I know someone suggested to me, well, maybe they're just want to showcase that he's healthy for a trade. They already have lined up. Um, and does that change his potential status heading for unrestricted free agency? If he were to opt out. That is interesting. Um, I would guess, no, I would, I, I think, um, unless someone blows them away with an offer and they, you know, have blessings from their two stars, then I, I just don't see it. Uh, it's such a crazy year anyway, that I think that a lot of teams are probably at this point kind of just trying to get through it the best way they can in one piece and probably don't want to, you know, make major overhauls involving Kyrie Irving. So I, I would expect, that they stick to the script they've laid out and Kyrie finishes as a net. And you predicted that Kyrie, returning, Kyrie Irving returning would take away their interest in shopping Joe Harris, who we heard was on the block. So do you think this makes Joe, Joe Buckets a little safer? You know, we struggled to come up with any Joe Harris trades last week, and it ate away at me over the last seven days. <laughs> So of all I things. came up with one. <laughs> it, it, I came up with one. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw it out to you. It probably won't happen, but I think that you know there's some logic to it for both teams. Okay. Uh, obviously, Cleveland is pretty good this year. I think they're the fourth seed. Um, yeah, they keep winning like six in a row. Yeah, they're they're legitimately good. Uh, seems like they're definitely going to be a playoff team. Would they have an interest for Joe Harris and the Nets have a, a um, encore 
with a player who, who was there and played well with them in um, Josh Allen. Is John, no, no, that's the quarterback Jared. of the Bills. Uh, Jared <laughs> Allen, yes, yes. Because that seems like a guy they could use. And uh, he's familiar with the players on the team. Uh, I, I mean, there might have, you know, Cleveland might have to throw in more. But I'm just thinking, like, if they wanted a big guy, you know, you think of someone in the Miles Turner mold, but who isn't isn't actually as good as Miles Turner. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's something there. I, I and you're saying Cleveland would have to throw in more. Maybe um, if if you tell me I'm wrong, I will. I will. I, will, yeah, I don't. You know, I don't reassess. think. I don't think Joe Harris gets even a conversation. I I think Jared Allen is is really playing well and they, and they love him. Okay. I mean, some of these so then, advanced stats that I'm looking at have him as like one of the best players in the league this year. Yeah. I, I mean, the nets have to be looking back and thinking, could we have made that trade without including him? Because um, it seemed like he was kind of a throw in at the time. And now he's the exact kind of player that they need. You know, they they basically said, "Okay, well, we'll just re- we'll just sign um, DeAndre Jordan," and DeAndre Jordan, you know, didn't really work out. It was more than a, a glue guy. So, yeah, they they miss him, and I wonder if they would look to you know bring him back if it was possible. That I do think I agree with you. They really miss him. I I think a lot of people pointed to that um, as something that that could come back to bite them. I push back on most of that because it's like dude if you want an all nba all nba perennial mvp candidate of course you have to give some good stuff and you couldn't continue to just offer picks because the nets don't even have their own pick until like 2027 or 2029 or something outrageous so at some point i do think you had to give Allen, and yeah he's absolutely seen his trade value soar through the roof i think way past where Joe Harris would get them in the ballpark for. So I'm okay with them doing it the way they did it. I think you had to do it. Um, Is it the case that him playing, that Allen playing so well, being exactly what they need and Harden underwhelming us some, does it make it closer? Yeah, but still they did the right thing at, at the time. And they're probably pretty relieved now that they know everything about Kyrie that they know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah no i mean they're, they're still making the trade 10 times out of 10 but closer um, now for sure yeah and they could use them all right well I'll, I'll 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 come back to the drawing board on the joe harris trade and see if i can if i can do better next week yeah just uh j- just try to try to do a little better because that was embarrassing okay <laughs> you know you're welcome to take a shot at it as well <laughs> i actually should be under the bus even more for not even trying at least you threw one out there. <laughs> All right. Anyone anyone who made it with us through that whole pod and heard this part, um, we appreciate you, and we'll do better for you next time. Yeah, we're hoping um, not to have to give uh, too many more medical takes in the future, but it's just that's just where we're at right now. So. We, 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 will, we will be much better when there's less epidemiology to discuss. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, All right Dave. Uh, great talk with you. Yeah, you too. Talk to you next week.